Trey Murphy with a statement game and the Pels win over the Cavaliers. Is that enough to get the coaching staff and his teammates to give him a bigger role, though? And it's also much ado about nothing when it comes to Zion Williamson's contract. It's a Friday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Friday, a little bit late. It was actually in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium for the Rams game. So, watched the game on my phone while I was there, watching the Saints lose. For your second listen, go check out Locked on Saints with Ross Jackson. Um, but I want to talk about this Cavaliers win, because this was a good one for the Pelicans. 123-104, a road win over a depleted Cavs team, but at the same point, Road wins are not always the easiest thing, and we had a statement game from Trey Murphy. So we'll get into his big night, the adjustments from the coaching staff, and then let's talk about Zion Williamson's contract and some of the reported details, because I don't think they matter whatsoever, and I don't think it's going to motivate him in any way that you're probably hoping for. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. We come in every day or listen Monday through Friday. Also, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use code all lowercase LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match, first time deposit match up to $100. So let's get into the Pelicans win over the Cavaliers. And we're going to lead with Trey Murphy. 28 points, four rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block, just one turnover. He was Awesome. Starting in place of Zion Williamson, who's out with a non-COVID illness. Y'all, we know this. Trey's good, right? Trey's good. Really as simple as that. When we were talking about that collapse of a game to the Memphis Grizzlies, he only played seven minutes, six minutes in the second half, and it was frankly baffling because he is one of their better offensive threats. You could make a claim that he's a more complete, a better offensive player than CJ McCollum is right now. And he showed it in this game. 28 points leading the team, 6 of 10 from 3. And let's start with the 3s, because when you look at his shot chart, you know, this also jumped out at us a couple of games ago, too. The dude just launches deep 3s. He basically only took 2 that were on the 3-point line. Everything else was significantly further back. I'm trying to pull up the, the data here for him. And it's insane. A couple of these are over 30 feet. And that's just what he was doing in the game last night. You know, when you have a guy that can do that, there's nothing a defense can do. There is absolutely nothing a defense can do to try and defend that. And it provides so much spacing. His three-pointers were, let me see, does it say the distance? 27 feet. Okay, thank you, NBA Stats website. 27 feet, 29 feet. He made a 36-footer, a 31-footer, a 24-footer, and a 29-footer. 
right? The NBA three-point line is is 23 feet, nine inches above the break. That is frankly just absurd. There is nothing a defense is going to be able to do about that when you have a guy launching and making those deep threes. And when you put him out there alongside Zion Williamson and even Brandon Ingram, and we'll talk about Ingram in a moment here, it just provides such a, a different geometry on the court. It changes the dimensions of the court. There's a book if you want to learn more about NBA tactics that I really like, and it's Mike Prado's book called Spaced Out, and it's about the value and the importance of three-point shooting and how it's more or less remade the dimensions of the basketball court. We don't need to think of 94 feet and those things anymore because you have to think three-dimensional space in others because the way three-point shooting has kind of changed the game completely. Trey Murphy is a very good example of that. And with this type of shooting, you really can make a strong claim that he should be in the starting lineup alongside Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson here because the three-point shooting gave B.I. a ton of room to work. <laughs> and B.I. had a just... Easy, easy, efficient, very good night. 17 points, seven rebounds, six assists, dishing passes to Trey, you know, open and just had space to operate where you weren't concerned about him in this game. And when also you have Trey in that starting lineup, taking 10 threes, making six of them, 60%, very good number, you don't need BI to take as many threes. And so it just makes everything so much easier for this team that it was straight up baffling to see why the coaching staff did not play him much in the second half of that game to the Memphis Grizzlies and the loss that the Pelicans had. They need to give him significantly more minutes going forward and give him this kind of role. He's very clearly proven he can be kind of a near number one option, number two option, on this Pelicans team when given the usage rate and the ball in his hands. So he was great just from the three-point shooting, but his game was more than just that, right? He was 10 of 16. You know, this was a guy that attacked the basket and did other things too. You see him attack closeouts. <clears throat> you see him starting to dribble drive more and get to the hoop in a way that he hasn't in the past. He showed off a little bit of a mid-range game in this one. He showed that he can still dunk it. It's all of these things with him that really seem to work and just make him a more complete player. Throwing that threat out there alongside Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas, CJ McCollum, and Brandon Ingram, you know, he said it after the his return game where he said, pick your poison between me and Zion when they had some two-man game going, and you haven't seen that since then. Well... When you put him out there with all of those guys, it's not pick your poison of me and Zion. It's pick your poison of which of those five guys you're going to try and defend. And for a team that's coughed up a lot of leads in the third quarter, and I think a little bit of that, some of those numbers aren't reflective of truly how well the Pelicans have been playing. I don't know. It's really something to start to think about with this team of should he start and give you that offense over Herb Jones or maybe in the second half, depending on what you need. But the Pelicans still are getting things done. Now that he looks to be fully healthy, fully unleashed, this team is going to be very good going forward, I think, because he's still in line to have some big games and play a significant role for this Pels team. Let's talk about Brandon Ingram. Let's talk about CJ McCollum, a couple other guys, and some adjustments from the coaching staff that we saw. That's going to come up here. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about BetterHelp, and this show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Look, 
you know, it's the holidays. And whether your family gives gifts, you get to define how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do that. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. You know, I've used BetterHelp before. I like how easy it is to get online and just have the appointment because therapy isn't just for people who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, basically just empowering you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting better uh, therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, which is my favorite part of it. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You don't need to go drive to an office, sit in a waiting room, then go in, then have your appointment. You're in the middle of something, just put it down, get on your computer, and you can do your session online. So if you've been thinking about, uh, you know, in the season of giving here, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA to get started. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen. Today into every day, we are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast. Coming to y'all a little bit late here, but we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we're going to have a show every single day. We'll have a show for you every single day next week as well. Not going to be missing anything. Might be a little bit late on one or two of them, given the holidays. But we're going to have five shows for you next week <clears throat> as the Pelicans look to try and push towards 20 wins. 20 wins before the new year, which would be a pretty incredible thing for them to achieve. And it's very realistic. And of course, we come in every day or listen Monday through Friday to the Locked On Pelicans podcast. We are here every single day. If you listen one day a week, listen two days a week. That goes a long way towards helping keep the show free in five days a week for y'all. So Pelicans sitting at 17 and 12. They're seventh in the Western Conference right now. They're more or less just a game or two out of first place or second place. They're in a very good position here and they've beaten a lot of those teams. You know, this Pelican squad has been good. And <clears throat> that's why I think when I did the show about the blown leads the other day, if you're an everydayer, you know, I did think some of the talk around the team of fire Willie Green, Willie Green's a bad coach, all of those things. I mean, look, he's not the best coach in the league. That is absolutely true. But he's also not the worst, and they're clearly doing something right. The team is two and a half games out of second place in the Western Conference right now. They're right in the thick of all of this, despite not even <clears throat> playing particularly well. And that's one thing, and I was on WDSU talking about this, that I'm actually encouraged by when it comes to this team. You know, when you look at them, I don't want them to be reaching their full potential just yet. If this was the team being at their full potential right now as they're playing, this is who they are. They're a seventh seed, right? The fact that there's room to improve, room to grow, I think is actually a very good thing. That means when they figure some things out, I don't know, play Trey Murphy more minutes, you know, put more shooters around Zion Williamson. You saw some early Jordan Hawkins run in this game that we haven't seen in a little while. All of that could be a very good thing to show you what this team is truly capable of achieving. So there's no time to, to panic. And one of the things I caution is, you know, you don't want to be held prisoner of the moment and swing wildly back and forth between this team sucks. Oh, now this team's good. It's still the same team. You know, the season is long. There's 82 games. There's going to be some swings. There's going to be some, <coughs> some fluctuations on things here. So it's entirely okay to lose a game here or there. The way they've been doing it, again, not great, but I 
think that's why you've got to dive deeper into some of the numbers and some of the things here with this team. So it's not time to panic about the Pelicans yet because they are capable of growth. The coaching staff is capable of growth. And it's very clear that I think they hopefully learn their lesson when it comes to Trey Murphy. You know, if that changes, if all of a sudden he's dropped the next couple of games, not taking that same big role, then I'm going to have a big issue here. But I think we still need to give them a little bit more time to try and figure out some of the things that they're doing right now. And they're definitely trending in the right direction. 17 and 12 in the Western Conference, which is pretty tough. It's a winning percentage of 58.6% right now, I think is very good, right? They're nine and five at home. They're eight and seven on the road. They have a winning record. They're seven and three in their last 10 games. That's second best, basically third best in the Western Conference at the moment. They're in a very, very good spot with the way that they're playing. Certainly they need to address a couple of things. You need to figure out that backup center spot a little bit. I think, you know, do they look to make a move? They have the ability to make moves though, right? There's always room for this team to improve and we see the avenues for them to improve. If you're going to get continued good games from Najee Marshall, who played very well in this one, from Jose Alvarado, who played well in this one, right? Dyson Daniels had a very good game in this one, again, against a depleted Cavaliers team. But one of the things that I've said is the sign of like a decent team is you beat the teams you're supposed to beat and beating the Cleveland Cavaliers was absolutely, you know, what the Pelicans should have been doing, right? You know, you even had a kind of quiet game from Jonas Valanciunas, but you could say he was comparable to the guy that everyone wants to replace him with in Jared Allen for the Cavs. So there's a lot of room to grow for this team, and it means we shouldn't panic. I think if you get closer towards the trade deadline in February and they're still not getting like inching upward or improving and you're like, oh, they're nowhere near their full potential, that's not great. That's when we need to maybe have a bit of a different conversation about the direction of the franchise. But if you've heard me over the past you know, if you're an everyday and you listen to me regularly, I haven't really panicked about the team. There's some losses, the Lakers loss, where they just don't show up and we're angry about that. We get an angry cast. That's okay. You know, that's going to happen. But to go from Willie Green smart to fire Willie Green, those type of fluctuations aren't the type of analysis that you're going to get here and I don't think is really conducive to anything. They definitely have areas to, to grow and Willie Green you know, in terms of the coaching staff, is definitely more stubborn than we would like him to be at times. But overall, they're, they're trending in the right direction. Let me check the offense and defensive numbers here because I'm kind of curious today because they've been inching towards top 10 in both of those. They have the 11th best uh, defense, the 14th best offense right now. So there's a pathway for them to end up with a top 10 offense, a top 10 defense. I'd like the defense maybe to be in the top five. The fact that, you know, you can miss so many guys, though, and this goes back to the first segment, too, talking about Trey and maybe starting him. Clearly, you've got a good defensive buy, <coughs> a good defensive scheme. Sorry that I'm coughing, fighting something off here, where you, whoever you have is able to defend and you're doing a very good job of it. Even when sometimes it falls apart in certain games, Lakers or the Memphis Grizzlies, where you were unable to stop John Morant, you know. I wonder, though, if you want to supercharge that offense and good offense beats good defense. That's the way the NBA is set up right now. Offense has a significant advantage, even when it comes to the referees and things like that, that maybe the Pelicans need to lean a little bit more into that because I do wonder if even if you start a tray, how much you would lose on the defensive side of the ball by having Herb Jones off the bench. And look, 
I love Herb Jones. I think everybody loves Herb Jones. But we've seen the offense, particularly in the second half, where the starters have a negative net rating, that you might need to add more shooting to just open things up for Zion. Look, the shooting is also what really allowed Brandon Ingram to have such a good game. There was just more spacing, right? There was another credible threat out there on offense that was on the three-point line, again, launching those deep threes, that just opened his game up. And he had... Just like kind of a, he was great in the first half, just had like, I don't want to say it was a quiet game, but it wasn't, but like almost just like an easy night. He just looked effortless out there with what he was doing. Some really slick passes that you can make when there's not bodies all around you. You know, he was able to go and attack the rim. He had five shots inside the restricted area, which isn't something that he always does, even though he's up that this year. But again, that comes from spacing, Right. The lack of spacing is why Zion's numbers across the board are down, though the numbers have been up since they had that team meeting and he started to play better. And same for Brandon Ingram. His numbers were down to start and then he started playing better after that team meeting. So when you factor all of this in, their elevated play may be better shooting out there. This is a team that could be really, really scary in the Western Conference, I think. Let me know what you think in the comments down below on YouTube here and... Let me know on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. So I don't think there's, t- there's no time to panic about this team. I do think there's room for improvement. What's the number one area you think they can improve? Let me know that in the comments down below. Maybe we'll turn some of those into shows too over the next couple of days because it'll be a little bit quieter with the holidays around here. So let me know what you think down below in the comments. So coming up next, the Athletic reported on Zion Williamson's contract. It's not fully guaranteed. Oh no, could they waive him? Does he get less money? This... Y'all, this doesn't matter. I'll explain why. Let's get into the the collective bargaining agreement, the CBA, a little bit. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about Prize Picks because Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less. On two to six player stat projections, and then you watch the winnings roll in, right? And with basketball season and football season underway, you can have a combo projection across both sports. So, for example, you could take Zion Williamson and Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made and receptions. And PrizePix also offers a reboot policy. So if there's an injury in football or basketball and you have a player who exits the game in the first half, doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Like I said, it's super easy. You see the stat, you pick more than that or less than that. As simple as it gets. So go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that is a first deposit match up to $100 when you go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA. PrizePix, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast coming to y'all, even if it's a little bit late after being in SoFi Stadium for the Saints-Rams game. That place, by the way, you know, all right, quick segue on things here. So I've said when we've talked about a new arena for the Pelicans that like, look, I just want to go watch basketball. You know, the amenities and stuff doesn't like truly matter to me, but that's as like a basketball fan. And then you go to a stadium like that, and that was my first time there. It is a, 
pretty incredible place. And I was kind of blown away by just the whole experience. Even staring at that kind of like ring screen thing they have around you there is awesome. Like I genuinely wanted to go to this game and spent more money on better tickets through game time, by the way, to, to kind of have the experience in that facility to go and see it. It's a draw. That kind of has changed my mind a little bit about what I think when it comes to the Pelicans in the arena. No, should you just, you know, update the Smoothie King Center or do you just need to completely tear it down and build a brand new state-of-the-art arena? I'm now leaning more towards the latter and saying that that was such a cool thing that I would like to go there all the time for something like that. Even comparing it to just the Superdome, which is nicer, better now, but like the bathroom facilities, how easy it was to get food, no lines, all of that stuff. I don't know. That actually does matter to the fan experience. And I'm coming around on that a little bit when it comes to it. But that was definitely a draw. That was definitely a thing. I don't think that's going to end up happening for the Pelicans. I think they'll end up renovating the Smoothie King Center and there won't be a new arena. But you never know. But wow, that was like truly an experience to go and see that place and to kind of be around everything. It just like felt clean, which was kind of nice too, with the Smoothie King Center being at times kind of gross and grimy and all of that also helps attract bigger concerts things like that so there's like an economic side of things as well but we don't need to get into that in today's episode of locked on pelicans become an everyday or listen monday through friday to the show tell a friend about the show as well we will have a show every single day next week for y'all when it comes to everything with the pelicans here so the athletic reported on zion williamson's contract and i don't know if there's anything that's like truly groundbreaking here other than they just got a copy of a superstars deal somehow and really wanted to break it down because it is unique and it's interesting and it also i'm going to tell you right now doesn't impact a single thing with this team anything you've read about that if you're like oh that'll motivate zion or they can pay him less money it no no it's this is much ado about nothing. I don't want to say it's misleading because it's not. The way NBA contracts work is for the most part, they are fully guaranteed. The second you sign that deal, you're going to get every single penny of that, whether or not you play a game, barring like an injury retirement or something along those lines or doing something that voids your contract, which never really happens. You know, in the NFL, you have guaranteed money and then a lot of unguaranteed money and they can cut players and you don't have to pay them that. That's why when you look at an NFL contract that a QB signs, let's say, you're not looking at the full amount of that deal. It's what's the guaranteed money, and that's the one that you're supposed to look at. For the most part, again, NBA contracts are fully guaranteed. So the second you sign it, even if you don't ever play a game on that deal, you get every penny of that contract. Usually for lower level players or latter years, you can have unguaranteed years that have a guaranteed by date or certain criteria that needs to be reached and the contract becomes guaranteed. You know, that doesn't usually apply to a superstar player, a big name player like Zion Williamson, but I guess it does here because the Pelicans are building in some protections. So you've now seen that the final three years of his extension, because he only played 29 games last year, are unguaranteed. So what does that mean? Well, it only factors in if they waive him, if they cut him. If they cut Zion Williamson because the money is unguaranteed, they don't have to pay it to him. Simple as that. They can waive him and he's gone. And it's more or less just a, a, a severe form of protection of insurance against some sort of catastrophic injury. He breaks the foot again or three more times and is like never going to play again. They can waive him and they don't owe him that money and that saves them a lot. But if they keep him on the roster, even if he never plays because he's injured, he gets every single dollar. 
every single penny from that deal. It's not like his base salary went down. As long as he is on the roster, he's going to get all of the money that is owed to him on that 180, whatever it was, million dollar extension, 200 something, I forget the exact number, it doesn't matter. This doesn't change the amount that he will get paid if he is on the team. So here's the thing. This is great if the Pelicans feel the need to cut him. Are they ever going to cut Zion Williamson? No. Even if he has an injury, are they going to cut him and let someone else claim him? No, of course not. If anything, they would look to try and trade him. And if anything, it means the team's trading for him and they would be buying super low. So you would imagine that they're not going to be giving up a lot of assets for him if this is the case. The team trading for him knows, okay, we're not stuck with this contract. We can just cut him later. And essentially next year makes him an expiring deal in a sense. But there's ways for the contract to become guaranteed again too. So I've had people texting me and saying, oh, I can't wait to see how this motivates Zion Williamson now that his money is unguaranteed. It's not going to motivate him. It's not going to motivate him at all in terms of just this contract by itself. He doesn't have to play and he still gets all the money. It's not going to motivate him, right? The only thing is it's going to motivate him to not get waived by the team. But again, they would trade him. He's never going to get waived. There's too much talent there. There's too much potential there. He's too young for that to be the case. He will never get waived by this team. Traded? Absolutely could be. But never straight up cut from the roster here. So I'm not really expecting this to motivate him. The motivation should be <coughs> that he wants to earn a contract after this and you need to play and play well to earn the most amount of money. But he's also Zion Williamson. And again, young, potential, we've seen the talent. I don't think that's going to be enough to really kind of change his mind when it comes to anything. So overall, I don't expect this to really impact Zion Williamson whatsoever. You know, articles being written about this, the headlines being written about this, they're not clickbaity. It's actually interesting to see how complex this contract was. If you're kind of like a collective bargaining agreement, a CBA nerd like myself, that likes kind of the inner workings of things, the contractual side of things. So yeah, if you nerd out on this, like John Hollinger does, which cool, this is super interesting to you. But you as a kind of everyday fan, this won't impact you. It doesn't really matter to you in the slightest because they're never going to cut Zion Williamson. They're never going to waive Zion Williamson, right? They'd look to trade him then too. And I don't think this is going to motivate him to be better beyond like how he feels currently right now. So I saw a lot being made about this. I don't think it really matters. You know, we knew some of the, the triggers and things like that in this could lead to unguaranteed years or less guaranteed money. It's just extreme protection from the Pelicans for a scenario that never is going to likely happen. But look, should it on the like 0.001% chance that it does, it's nice to have that built into the contract. It's also probably why Zion Williamson agreed to this because he knew he was still going to get all the money that no matter what, he wouldn't get waived from this team because otherwise this is a huge risk on his part, right? Why would he agree to something like this? He did because it's never going to come to fruition. It's never actually going to happen and he doesn't need to worry about it. So when I've seen the stuff about the contract, I'm not really thinking much about it. Don't really think it's going to play into anything. Worth mentioning here, just want you to know that again, it only matters if he is cut. That's not going to end up happening here. But we're going to cut the show right here and that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, this week of Locked On Pelicans. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Sorry for coming to y'all late today. We'll be back with another show on Monday after the Rockets game on Saturday. Get you set for, yeah, Saturday, so we'll have the show out Sunday night. Get you set for the week. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'll see y'all next time.